Welcome to the BizTimes MKE Podcast, another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing this week? Oh boy, it's another busy week. We are putting together our annual biggest issue of the year, our Future 50 issue, uh, recognizing the 50, the fastest growing companies, obviously 50 of them, the fastest growing privately held companies in southeastern Wisconsin. Putting that issue together is a big lift. We have profiles of all 50 companies and it's our, our largest magazine of the year. So it's been, it's been a lot of work this week and especially, uh, today in recent days. Yeah, it's uh, it's an impressive group of companies. They have added thousands of jobs over the last uh, few years. They've added billions in additional revenue over the last few years. Uh, it it kind of puts last year's group uh, not to shame because certainly the last year's group grew pretty well, but the growth in this year's class of future two companies is just astounding year after year. Uh, so certainly an impressive group. We're excited to recognize them uh, at our event next Friday and have everyone learn more about them in our September 25th issue. We're definitely excited to have the Future 50 program back for uh, a second year in a row as a Biz Times program. And the program stretches back to 1988 uh, was when it was started. So lots of companies have been recognized and got another great group of them this year. We'll dive right in with our Insider Story Spotlight. That's a chance for us to highlight some of the stories available only to BizTimes Insiders on our website, biztimes.com. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. Uh, the equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all those stories, discounted admission to some of our events, and other insider benefits. So, Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? So, it's a story. Uh, news announced this week that Generac is planning to build a new plant in Beaver Dam, three hundred twenty thousand square foot facility, and could eventually employ, employ up to four hundred workers. Um, Generac, it's a company we've talked a lot about uh, on this podcast. It is one of the larger and faster growing companies in southeastern Wisconsin, so it's a very important company. They've had extraordinary growth uh, for several years. Recently, they've hit some turbulence, um, you know, sort of some growing pains with a variety of issues, but this announcement this week shows that they're still growing and still adding. They have numerous facilities in Wisconsin, um, headquartered just outside of Waukesha in the town of Genesee, but they're a major employer and a big part of southeastern Wisconsin and Wisconsin's economy. And it's really great to see them adding yet another facility in the state um, and, and hundreds of additional jobs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a couple of interesting things. One, mentioned some of those headwinds. That's primarily been in their residential business. This plant is to support their commercial and industrial one. So um, speaks to the importance of being diversified in your business. Uh, when, when one part of the business is up and the part is down. Uh, but the other interesting thing, while they were having all that crazy growth, they built a new plant down in South Carolina. Um, part of that was, you know, logistical reasons. Uh, if you're primarily serving customers after they're hit by hurricanes, uh, it's good hmm. to be close to them, I suppose. 
But another issue was the labor market and the inability to find enough people in Wisconsin. Um, I think you know they may have had some desire to put a plant in Wisconsin, but I think they just kind of had tapped out on, on how much labor they could reach, at least for that business. So it's encouraging that now when they come to build another plant, they're coming back to Wisconsin. And that's a good sign that you have the CEO of one of the fastest growing companies um, wanting to build another plant here in the state, not build it in Texas or Tennessee or, you know, pick your, pick your mm-hmm. usually Southern um, state where a lot of these plants, a lot of plants end up going lately. Yeah. So that's exciting news. Uh, my insider story spotlight this week, I'm going to be a little bit selfish and pick one I wrote, dug into the FDIC, um, had their quarterly release of data on banks, um, including banks in Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Bankers Association puts a bit of an analysis together on that. Uh, interesting to note that uh, banks in Wisconsin saw improving growth on both their loan portfolios and uh, their deposits as well. Um, they've seen uh, on the deposit front, they'd seen uh, both consumers and businesses kind of tap into those savings uh, over the last couple quarters as inflation started ramping up. Um, so interesting to see a return to growth there. Also interesting to see deposits growing in the second quarter, uh, given that that kind of overlaps with some of the banking turbulence we saw in the spring when uh, there was a lot of talk about flight tour away from uh, the smaller mid-sized banks that dominate Wisconsin to maybe some of the biggest, you know, the, the JP Morgans of the world. Uh, so certainly interesting to see uh, deposit growth and loan growth. Interesting that that uh, businesses and consumers are, um, even with higher interest rates, utilizing credit and um, hopefully growing, investing, uh, things like that. So uh, a lot more detail in there that breaks down differences amongst small and big banks and how interest rates are shaping profitability and things like that, if you're interested in, in really getting into the numbers, uh, which I have a habit of getting really into the numbers. So, uh, <laughs> he sure does. Poor, poor Andrew's uh, stuck editing my copy when it's uh, got lots of numbers in it. So, well, we'll you know, uh, we're always trying to get a handle on, you know, what's the deal with this economy. I think people are wondering, you know, what, where, where is this thing going? There's been a lot of predictions of recession that hasn't really happened yet. So there's hope for a soft landing, but I think there are still very real concerns about, the direction this economy is going and if there still is a recession looming right around the corner. So stories like this are really interesting opportunities to just get a, get a snippet of what's going on in the economy. And a lot of what you're saying is very encouraging and it's, it's good insight to try to figure out how's it going, how's it going out there. And and we, we continue to monitor economic indicators like that, try to give our readers a feel for the status of the economy. Well, let's shift in a moment to our big story of the week. Uh, but before we do, want to highlight a number of upcoming events we have. Uh, you can learn more about all of our events at biztimes.com slash annual dash events. Uh, we mentioned Future 50 at the start of this podcast. That's coming up next week on the 22nd. Please, if you're interested in coming to hear from the Fast Five, the fastest five growing companies in the region, that'll be the panel discussion we have there. October 5th, we'll have the Next Generation Manufacturing Summit, a great panel of local manufacturers, uh, Sussex IM, Hellerman Titan, Perlick, 
and Great Lakes Industrial leaders are uh, going to be part of that panel discussion. We're diving into how manufacturers can grow amongst some of that economic uncertainty we're talking about. Then November 2nd, we'll be celebrating our Nonprofit Excellence Awards, uh, which will be announcing the finalists for that here in the near future. A great group of basically the, the corporate citizens uh, and the nonprofit leaders in our region, people who are working to make life in Southeast Wisconsin better. Uh, it's a great joy to always to celebrate those um, people and companies. And then November 17th, an event that is near and dear to Andrew's heart, the annual Commercial Real Estate Development Conference. Really, I think in that one, we're going to be digging into kind of figuring out your next move in the real estate market and how do you deal with, uh, what do you do with office space these days? What do you do if you're an industrial business looking to expand when, you know, the industrial market's red hot? Uh, and then finally, to close out the year, our Innovation Entrepreneurship Forum, November 30th. Uh, put that in your calendar as well. Lots of great events coming up here in the fall. Fall is event season. Great opportunities to learn and network. Yeah, absolutely. Great groups of people that come together for BizTimes events. Let's jump to that big story of the week. And we're going to highlight Barrett Lowe De- Visionary Development's plans for a $400 million apartment development at Mayfair Mall. Barrett Lowe, you'll know the name perhaps from the Couture Project, which is continuing to rise on Milwaukee's skyline or from the Modern. Uh, they've also done uh, a bunch of apartments down at Drexel Town Square in Oak Creek. Now they have unveiled uh, renderings and details for this project that will have um, eventually would have 918 units of housing. It's a multi-building development. But I think that the part that really stands out is that the plans call for what 15 to 19 story apartment towers. Um, this is on the Mayfair Mall, um, I guess property, um, kind of replacing the former Boston store, which has been vacant now for not replacing the store next to the store, next to the store, replacing the parking lots around the store, much, much to that parking area. Yeah. They're still trying that, to fill the actual retail space. Uh, good luck to them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, a big, a big project, and of course, big project often comes with uh, big, uh, big financing needs, and one of those needs will be filled potentially with a nearly fifty-eight million dollar tax incremental financing district from the city of Wauwatosa. That that's a, a big number. I guess the the bottom. I mean, what do you think of this group? This is a huge proposal, huge project. Um, Rick Barrett, who leads Barrett Low. Uh, like we said, couture, modern, not, not one to back away from big ambitious things, but this is, this is a big one. Yeah. Well, Rick, you know, I've covered Rick for many, many, many years and yeah, he loves big ambitious projects. You know, a lot of thoughts, you know, one is we're seeing so many apartment developments throughout the region right now. So that continues to be interesting, not just downtown, but in suburban areas as well. And this is obviously going to be one of the more extraordinarily extraordinary ones, you know, 900 plus units. That's just, that's a lot of units to be adding um, to any market in Southeastern Wisconsin. You know, it's interesting that I think as we've sort of learned more about this project over time, it's kind of coming out in drips and drabs, you know, it's, it, it just becomes more extraordinary the more you find out. But I think seeing the renderings that came out this week, 
it's fairly eye popping to people um, that those are, like you said, some pretty tall buildings, you know, just under 20 stories, that, that kind of range. Of course, um, Johnny Vasallo of Moe's Restaurants was part of a group that had proposed, I believe it was a 30 story residential building um, at, at the intersection of High 100 and, and Blue Mountain Road. And, you know, that was that there was a ton of pushback on that project, even though it wasn't a very high number of units, really. It was a pretty narrow building, but it was a very tall building and really stood out when there's, you know, single family home neighborhoods nearby. And then they've, they've backed away from those plans. Um, this is another big, you know, it's not as tall as that, but it's, there are some tall buildings. Um, this is a different area. It's at the mall. So it's already a, a busy area, but you know, neighbors are concerned about the traffic being added to that area. I've seen that comment a number of times. Um, and the other interesting thing you mentioned is the TIV. That is a large subsidy that city of Wauwatosa is talking about 58 million. Now there's a $400 million, you know, development plan. So it's a, it's a big development, a big subsidy being considered. Um, you know, a lot of, well, city of Milwaukee has typically not subsidized residential development, some exceptions to that, but typically hasn't. Interesting to see Wauwatosa's approach here, but I think it's very clear that Wauwatosa officials see Mayfair Mall as extremely important to their community. That is their, you know, most important, most valuable uh, property, and they do not want to see it decline as some other malls have. And, you know, Boston store closed five years ago now. So it's, it's been a while that that anchor store has been sitting there empty. And obviously the parking lots around it are little used if a store is empty, maybe during the Christmas shopping season. Um, so there's a lot of unused real estate there. And this project represents an opportunity to significantly increase the tax base, you know, once the tip is paid off, of course. Um, but also inject a huge amount of population density right in with Mayfair Mall and providing, you know, that, that provides a whole bunch of potential customers to support the mall and its tenants. So uh, we, we've seen a lot of malls go this direction to add, you know, residential into the mix and create more of a town center type of approach. And now that could be what we're going to see at, at Mayfair. So, it's a very interesting and very extraordinary project for, for a number of reasons. Yeah. in a lot of ways, I mean, it, I just, those are going to be some interesting public meetings uh, as this thing gets considered and debated. Yep. And uh, I'm going to go on a limb and guess that there, you know, uh, odds of a, of a lawsuit at some point are reasonably high. I um, mean, you have a, it's, interesting where you know Mayfair is located you just go a little bit east from there and a lot of residential north from there um you get the yep. whole Menominee River Parkway um it's a you know just a much different um kind of very I mean it's not suburban in the in the same way like Waukesha County is suburban but um it's definitely not um it's 
it's a quieter, I guess, even with the yeah, young people. There single are single family homes, not single family homes towers. and <laughs> not to- not 19 story towers. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I used to live not too far from there, kind of by Timmerman. And, uh, you know, if I was still living up there, I, this would I'd be getting a lot of attention, you know, of mm-hmm. hmm, how is this going to change life around here? And what is this going to mean? Uh, would be an interesting conversation. And, you know, like you mentioned, the Johnny V project got a lot of pushback. You have to imagine some of those same folks are going to be pushing back here. On the other hand, like you said, you take a mall. I mean, you don't want to end up with another Northridge on your hands. And granted, that's 20 years in the making. But you don't you really don't want to go down that route um, in terms of a property that, you know, hard to redevelop and things like that. So I guess good on the, the city of Altosa for trying to do something do you know you do probably have to go big to you know you can delve around the edges and, and maybe do some things but um to to best maximize these mall properties you kind of have to be ambitious i think uh versus trying to kind of muddle through yeah it has changed so much and and we've heard we've heard a lot of analysis of these these malls and and are they going to survive you know, retail, interestingly, you, you hear a lot of the strip malls doing pretty well right now uh, on the retail side, occupancy being very high, some of them turning to non-traditional tenants, a lot of like medical, what's the industry calls mid-tail tenants. You see a lot of dentist offices in strip malls that used to be blockbuster videos, let's say. But, you know, big malls with, you know, big department stores, you, you lose an it's one thing to fill a small retail space with a different kind of tenant in a strip mall in a big department store or you lose that. Uh, um, that's hard to fill. And as we've seen at Mayfair, you've got a five year vacancy sitting there and they do not want they don't want to sit around and, and, and lose another tenant or another anchor and then see inline stores leaving because the, the traffic at the mall drops. So city's so trying to be proactive and encourage a project like this. And, you know, the future for big shopping malls is not, you know, the 1980s model with mall plopped on gigantic parking lot. Uh, the retail world has changed. And for malls to remain viable, they probably need a lot of population density within walking distance. And that's that's what, you know, the developer Barrett Lowe is shooting for here. And Wauwatosa seems to want that. But, yeah. Approval process should be very, very interesting. Well, I'm sure that'll keep our real estate reporter, Hunter Turpin, uh, busy over the coming weeks and months. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk about this project, but that will do it for now and this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast. Thanks for joining me as always, Andrew. You bet. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.